Welcome to Regenerative Farmers of America podcast. Thank you so much. I am so excited. We are joined today by Joe Carr from Serenity Kids. Joe, if you just want to jump in, tell us the tale. Tell us how it all began and how you guys got involved in this thing. Sure. Well, my wife Serenity and I were both pretty sick kids. Uh, we grew up on, you know, all the packaged food of the 80s, the nasty processed foods and sugary crap. And she had lots of stomach issues, leaky gut, all that. I uh, am autistic and wasn't diagnosed as a child, so had a lot of social issues, but a lot of physical issues as well. So as we started to plan to have a baby, we first thing we looked for was food. We want to make sure our baby didn't grow up sick like that. And we looked at baby foods and uh, we were paleo at the time. We're still paleo, but they don't call it that anymore, apparently. Uh, the time paleo movie was really big, and so we looked for paleo baby food, and there wasn't anything. There was really no decent baby food. It was all very sugary fruits. All It was like the whole aisle was fruit, industrial seed oil, and grain. You know, all foods we didn't eat or believe one should feed a baby. Um, and they're specifically processed fruits, so very, very sugary. Um, you know, we knew meat and veggies were the healthiest foods. Serenity did a ton of research. She's the nerd between us, so she had her summer of nerddom of 2016 where she geeked out on infant nutrition and discovered that, you know, babies, uh, that breast milk is nature's perfect baby food, and breast milk is about you know uh, some combination of carbs sugar, uh, sorry carbs protein and fat but a lot of fat and it is an animal product so looking into all the most modern research for babies uh, all their first foods match that they need a lot of fat they need good healthy carb sources and they need protein and they really really need animal products meat meat bone broth egg yolk liver all ideal first foods for a baby uh, their system can digest animal products better than really anything else because breast milk is the template for that. Uh, but people didn't know that. Everybody thinks fruit, fruit, or maybe fruit and veggies, you know, but it's like they'd say fruit and veggies, but it's mostly fruit. Uh, and really, they needed more meat. So we, we created a, a different kind of baby food. We, we cooked them up in our kitchen to start, uh, tested them on all our friends' babies. We weren't even pregnant at the time. We just decided we were going to create this and have it ready by the time we had our baby. Um, you know, we use this combination of uh, pasture-raised meats, organic vegetables, and healthy fats like avocado and olive oil uh, to create a macronutrient profile very similar to breast milk, but with whole food ingredients that tasted good and introduced these savory flavors early. And uh, sourcing was a, a really big part of our mission from the beginning. Uh, my parents grew up on a, uh, my mom grew up on a family farm, so I grew up visiting my grandparents' farm and seeing the hardships they face, but also the, the, the serenity, right, that they experience uh, on the farm. And so I really wanted to support family farmers. I wanted to get our meat from, um, from family farms. And we, want, and we knew that pasture-raised meat was nutritionally superior to conventional meat since nutrition was our goal and our motto is every bite counts. So getting the most nutrient-dense meat possible meant pasture-raised. And we got introduced to Katie and Taylor from Epic Bar. They had just sold their Epic Bar to General Mills. They were six months pregnant. They sat down, had a meeting with us, and first told us, A, how big this idea was, that this is way bigger than paleo, that this is huge, you gotta be ready for this to grow really fast. Um, and they talked to us about regenerative farming. We didn't really know much about the regenerative movement at that point. They're like, if you want pasture raise, great, but really regenerative pasture raise is the absolute best. And I had a long environmental activist background. I used to sit in trees. You know, I was locking myself to bulldozers in college. I was vegetarian and vegan, thinking that 
was the best thing for the planet, uh, much to my health's dismay, right? Did not work for my body at all. Um, you know, but I was very passionate environmentalist. So finding out that meat not only could be done in a way that wasn't harmful to the planet, but was actually good for the planet was better, in fact, was essential to reversing climate change was super revolutionary. And so we committed to that really early on and, and launched our products with uh, grass fed regenerative beef and, you know, pasture raised chicken and turkey and wild caught salmon and these ingredients that really weren't on the baby aisle anywhere that were very popular in the rest of the store, but nobody put them in baby food. Um, and we made them taste really good and we were willing to charge double the price. Ultimately, it was cost a lot more to create this quality food uh, and retailers were a little nervous about it, but it totally worked. Parents were happy to pay more for real quality foods. And now we're the fastest growing baby food in the country. We're the fastest selling baby food in the entire natural food space, fastest selling at Whole Foods, at Target, at uh, Kroger, right? And just continue to grow. Well, it's amazing, right? So you guys went in on like six different layers of being just the best across the board. Mm -hmm. We're going to make it the healthiest. We're going to source it the best. We're going to care about farms. And of course, we're going to care about the planet too. Like it's one thing to like do so amazing in one area and you guys just have this spread. And I feel like, you know, it's so much we could talk about in each different area and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I'm not even sure where to go first because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's actually more like 10 things. We also really value our company culture and supporting working parents. Our processing modality is superior to the other baby foods processing modality. Our packaging, we're one of the only ones to partner with TerraCycle to recycle the, the pouches. You know, we have this really state-of-the-art quality team that uh, uh, tests for heavy metals and environmental contaminants. All our products are certified by the Clean Label Project as free from contaminants. So really the list goes on on, on ways that we're better. And that was, that was what we wanted to do. We wanted to create not just a little bit better product, but the absolute best product that we, wouldn't, we would want to feed our baby all day long. And she's almost four now and eats five pouches a day. So, <laughs> you know, we want to make sure they're great. Yes, that's awesome. Well, let's start into regenerative a little bit as the beginning, just with environmental background, with you having a vegan background, that's not always the story we hear. So I love that. Tell me a little bit about that meeting with Epic and how was that process of even getting regenerative sourcing? Because of course, there's not a billion regenerative farms out there willing to just sell you it. I'm sure that was quite a sourcing journey. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I'd, you know, the paleo movement really helped people understand that not only is meat healthy, but it's essential. It's an essential part of the human diet for an optimal human diet. And that there's a way to do it right. That pasture raised systems, you know, allow animals to express their natural tendencies. The animal lives um, a good life. And that's ultimately um, more sustainable for the farmer than these factory farms that are super, you know, create so much degradation. Uh, so we knew a lot of that from the paleo movement. So the regenerative movement, you know, Alan Savory's TED Talk was the first thing we watched after that meeting. And, you know, he really spells out the science of it. And as I said, my wife's the nerd. So she really got into the science. It was like, this makes a lot of sense. This is, you know, perfect. And this was before Kiss the Ground, you know, but, the, you know, so we did our own, our own, you know, research and homework to, to understand all the principles that were talked about in Kiss the Ground and just realize this opportunity to be on the cutting edge of the most revolutionary not only agricultural movement, but environmental movement. I mean, it's really taking 
this demonized thing meat that's supposedly so bad for the planet and saying no it's the opposite the planet needs animals and it just it's got to be done in the right way and we've got to support the people doing it right veganism vegetarianism just boycotting meat really doesn't do anything to support the farmers doing it right you know all the farmers doing it wrong will continue to sell their really cheap meats to all the people who don't know and all the people who do know the conscious eaters of the world they're the market for regenerative agriculture if you tell those conscious eaters they should be vegetarian who's gonna buy the good meat right so we're like we need to really be a part of this story because people actually really like meat the vegans have created this idea that veganism's on the rise also it's not really true people love meat they want to eat meat products like epic and our products really show how much the conscious eater the natural food consumer wants to buy meat but they want to feel good about buying meat and so the way to do that is to really um, source it well to, to be really transparent we show pictures of our farms on the website we visited the farms you know to ensure that they're you know being done right and the regenerative uh, certification via land to market which we're now a part of um, which is savory institute's verification program for regenerative is is a really amazing single measurement for everything we're talking about nutrition humane standards environmental standards sustainability for the farmers labor practices i mean it's all encompassed in soil microbial growth ultimately the only way to improve soil microbial growth is to do all that is to not use pesticides is to allow animals to express their natural tendencies is to rotate them um, accordingly you know is to and if you do that then it creates a more sustainable uh, e economy so the way it all and then the meat of course is more nutritious because if you let animals eat and live the way they were meant to their meat has the nutrition that was meant for us and so the the nutritional testing is all really clear. So it was a really, in some ways it was a really simple way to ensure that we had the best of the best meat from top to bottom was to commit to these regenerative farmers while also reversing climate change. Like it's just crazy that we could do all that. That's amazing. And it's amazing we can do all that, right? Like who knew yeah. like not too long ago, I went down the same path as you, that TED talk yeah. opened my eyes to this crazy new world. Totally. <laughs> You asked about the how, and you know, it started with my friend finding John Arbuckle's Kickstarter campaign. He is from Singing Prairie Farms. He's a revolutionary pork farmer. He created a, a regenerative a pork meat stick called Rome Sticks that is the most delicious meat stick on the planet. I was planet. about to say, it's like 10 feet away in my kitchen. <laughs> They're so good. We buy them wholesale for our office. Um, and uh, we, my friend found his Kickstarter campaign because he was really early in the process. And we reached out to him because we had a bacon product. Our first three products were a beef product, a chicken product, and a bacon product. Um, and so he introduced us to regenerative beef farmers in Missouri. So he helped us set up this uh, beef and pork supply chain, none of which was ever B2B. It was all just direct to consumer sold as meat, you know, at farmer's markets or grocery stores. So we had to build a B2B supply chain and teach these farmers how to do certain tests and write the right spec sheets and package it the way our factory needed and really build that. For a while, we had to send the meat to another place to be processed prior to the factory. Uh, which was, you know, very expensive and complicated, but what we had to do in order to have that supply chain. Um, now we've got that systematized enough that we've got, they can send it straight to the factory, but that took almost three years to be able to send it straight to the factory. Um, and so building that supply chain was cumbersome, but it also is one of the reasons nobody's copied us. It's so hard to do. 
you know, that nobody's been able to do it. And certainly nobody could do it cheaper. <laughs> like we're already, you know, right on the edge of, of what we need to charge and it's already double. So um, it's, it's been a big barrier to entry for others, but also has us feel really good about our sourcing and our farmer relationships. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that because of course there's just this huge gap between an animal that's raised in the field and an animal that's on a plate or in a package at the end of the day. What are kind of the high level things that were really prohibitive to you guys streamlining that process that you've had to work through? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of factories, they're very picky about what, how they, how it comes it has to be, you know, frozen in a certain way and certain size blocks. It has to have certain test nutrient, you know, microbial tests done. It has to have these spec sheets with all these information. There's all these, my, my wife handles a lot, a little more detail than me. So she could get into more detail about that, but it's very specific. What's, what's needed there. Uh, land to market has been an incredible resource for that. And now any new brand can partner with Land to Market out the gate and have all this done for them, right? Land to Market partners with the farmers, they test their soil, they prove that they're regenerative, and then they aid in this process of getting them set up to sell to brands like us, because it's the brands that fund Land to Market, not the farmers, which is one of the biggest differences of Land to Market versus any other certification, USD Organic, Non-GMO Project, they all require the farm to do all the heavy lifting to achieve that certification, do pay all the fees, maintain all the paperwork. And then a brand that buys from that farm can just put that on their label, you know, for a small fee and with some paperwork. And, and then the brand benefits from that marketing story. And maybe they pay a little more, hopefully, but it's, but the birds on the farm. So land to markets flips all that and says, we're going to have the brands, you know, lead this and fund this, and then we'll help the farmer set up. And then will we provide you with, uh, you know, efficient, uh, you know, in spec meat products that you can use in your product, and then you can pass the land to market label onto onto your package, which um, several of our meat products now have. Or the first land to market baby food, uh, one of the first land to market products at all. I mean, I think there's like less than a hundred brands total in the world that have it. So we're right on the cutting edge of of working with them, and they're they're you know a huge support. Any any brand who wants to create a regenerative supply chain should go there first. Like that's your first stop. And I think I'll just throw in from farmers everywhere, like we are so thankful, like there's this burden right on farmers, like of to grow the food and to grow it regeneratively and try to make a margin. So for like them to be utilizing it, you guys to be supporting those farmers, I think it's amazing to not put that extra burden back on. You guys, of course, are taking on 10,000 different burdens and knocking them out, which is amazing. So more <laughs> kudos to your company. I just, Thanks. again, so many different ways you guys have done it really well with being a teammate to farmers. You know, mm -hmm. it's not a, a business yeah. transaction. It's so much more right. than that. Totally. Um, tell me a little bit about how you feel customers respond to the regenerative labeling. You know, from farmers and environmentalists, we love it. What about customers? And have you guys had any education issues around regenerative and then i definitely want to ask you about the whole meat in baby food so first yeah. let's do regenerative and then we'll sure get well it's definitely new it's definitely cutting edge uh when we started was really new <laughs> epic was really the only one talking about it so in the last several years it's grown really really rapidly and people are more and more familiar with it retailers are starting to really take notice whole foods has create is creating an entire regenerative policy around who can say it and not, and those who are allowed to say it, they're going to start featuring products. And we're looking at off-shelf displays of all regenerative products. So it's the new organic, you know, regenerative is where organic was in the seventies, 
you know, so nobody knew what organic was back then either. Now USDA organic is like the standard for health uh, in the consumer industry. It's been watered down. It's actually somewhat, it's not completely meaningless, but it's certainly not as awesome as people think it is. I think regenerative is going to gain steam a lot faster. I think, you know, a organic paved the way for like, oh, there's a way to grow that's better. You get a certification to prove it. I can vote with my dollar and buy that's better for the earth. That mentality has already been adopted. So now we just need to switch that over to it's not just organic, like now regenerative is the gold standard. It's even better. Land to market's already certified more land regenerative worldwide than, than organic. So they've already surpassed organic on sheer acreage. You know, which is a little unfair because you can graze on a whole lot more land than you can grow crops, but still it shows that the impact they're having is, and that's just land to market. That's not everybody who's actually regenerative. That's like who land to market has been partnered with to recognize. So there's a, a, a tremendous opportunity um, and organic, you know, it was a do no harm mentality. You know, it was like sustainability and regenerative is actually like we improve the land we're reversing the damage and to me that's a really really compelling narrative uh as well as my, what i hope catches on the most and what i want to talk about all the time is results-based certifications everything else certifies practices if you don't use this list of chemicals, you can be organic. It doesn't matter what else you do or what other chemicals you use that aren't on the list. Just it's just it's a prohibitive list. It's like being vegan. It's like you, you don't eat these things, it means you're healthy. Well, you know, you can eat crackers all day long and not be healthy. Test results vegan. prove otherwise, right? <laughs> yes, right, right. So the or the the cheese pizza vegetarian, we used to call the people who were vegetarian and they ate cheese pizza all day. Um, you know, so it's like the the focusing on what to do, what does work, what is working, what has worked, what has regenerated the land. You can't call yourself regenerative if you have not proven improvement to your to the land. And that's a mentality that is really hard for the industry to adopt because they really want to certify practices. Like that's what they're used to. It's like, but just give me the list of things to do and I'll do it and then I get my badge. And you're like, no, it doesn't actually matter what you do. It matters what the result was. And it, I love that because it makes it so much flexibility for farmers to do different things on their land based on what works for them and what works for the land and if it's regenerating the soil fundamentally it's good for the animals it's good for the meat it's good for the supply chain and that's like the one single metric uh, so that's been the story we've been trying to tell uh trying to teach it it's catching on a whole whole lot it's growing really really fast a lot of people know uh you know there's these regenerative conferences that are selling out overnight like everybody's trying to get in on this movement whether it's farmers or brands or retailers so i think in a few more years we're going to see regenerative everywhere and just super excited to be on the cutting edge of that. I love it. And you guys are clearly on the cutting edge. Like, you know, you kind of paved the way for these supply chains for brands. Like, you know, it's, it's all farmers yeah. trying to sell and improve product, but if there's not a value add, like that's really tough. So yeah, again, mm -hmm. cutting the edge. <laughs> yeah. Start a regenerative at birth. That's what yeah. I say. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> the whole new generation. Day one, you are regenerative. You are a regenerative yes. child. You're going to come out right. so much better than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit as an aside. So we talk about baby food and its sugar products. As you said, it is over sugared everything. I uh, do you have any like statistics on how much sugar the average infant is taking in or kind of the difference and yeah your transition of saying here babies should eat meat and liver and organs i'm sure that got quite a reaction at the beginning yeah. tell me about that <laughs> 
you know, when we started, we did a survey of organic baby foods. We put all organic baby foods into a spreadsheet, had a virtual assistant from Indonesia or something, copy paste every nutrition fact from every packaged baby food we could find. It was about 246 uh, organic baby food pouches. And they had an average of nine grams of sugar per pouch. Some had 15, 20 grams of sugar. Some were better, had like seven or eight, but nine was like the, the average. Doesn't sound like a whole lot, but if you think about a 15 pound baby, you know, you extrapolate that to 150 pound adult, that's 90 grams of sugar. And because it's all fruit, they got to eat multiple of these a day. They've got to eat two, three of these to get any kind of satiation. So you've got three pouches and you're now at 30, you know, 28 grams of sugar. That's a Snickers bar that you've just given your child. And yes, it's fruit sugar. Like people are like, but it's fruit. But like, yeah, when you boil fruit down, which is how those fruit pouches are made, you, you boil out all the vitamins, you've removed the skin so that it'll puree well, you've taken out the fiber, and now you've got essentially sugar water, right? You've got processed sugar that your body interprets the same way as it would cane sugar, same way as it would honey or maple syrup, like all the sugars, uh, you know, uh, are, are the same at that at that stage. We're glorified you know. hummingbirds, right? <laughs> exactly, just, just feed, feeding on sugar. And of course it tastes good. Of course it's easy to sell. Of course it's cheap. Of course it's easy to process because the high acid content of the fruit makes shelf stability easier. Uh, so there were a lot of reasons that they were so heavy in, sh in fruit. Uh, what didn't they have? Less than 1% had two grams or more of fat. No fat on the aisle, you know, and breast milk, 60% fat. Right. So fat is essential to growing brains, to growing spines, to vitamin absorption. Fat's essential. None on there's none on the aisle. The low fat movement of the of the nineties, you know, basically made it down to the baby food aisle and was ruining had ruined baby food. Meat, animal products, four percent had meat. Almost none of those, none of the 4% were well-sourced. Like nobody had disclosed sourcing of any kind. So it was all, you know, factory farm. Organic, it was organic, but organic factory farm meat, organic grain in, in CAFOs. Uh, and most of those, those products didn't have any distribution. The retailers didn't really sell them because they tasted so bad. They mixed it with grain. So all the meat products also had grain. Uh, so they, they were making like, you know, because it's cheaper, they had to try to make the product as cheap as the fruit purees, but with meat, so they use grain as a filler, and you mix meat and grain with no salt and no flavor, it tastes awful, uh, plus the meat wasn't very good, so, and no fat, so it was uh, so, so it was a really desperate situation for babies, so it was very different what we did, um, you know, the, the max price point was $1.99 a pouch, which in my opinion is expensive for a fruit puree, like if you look at how much applesauce costs, it's not $1.99, <laughs> you know, like, applesauce is cheap but that's basically what they were selling so we were competing with overpriced fruits uh and yet we you know we came out at 3.99 with our meat and veggie purees uh so our meats we have five grams of protein five grams of fat every one of our products has five grams of fat so the fat has been a really important message for us when we started it was not resonating people were still afraid of fat now we're able to really promote the fat like in just a few years people's attitude towards fat has dramatically shifted and really people understand that there are good fats and so um, we're really happy about that we've been able to tell that story but of course five grams of protein was more protein than even the other meat products had more than any of the plant protein products that they put out had plus it's the most bioavailable given that it's meat um, and so the, the, the story of, of why meat for babies, the story of why fat for babies, uh, you know, that, that's been um, the second message to the sugar. The first message everybody understood was low sugar.
So the fact that we were the only low sugar was a starting point was like, okay, well, if you're going to be low sugar, what would it be? Well, it'd be, you could do just vegetables, which we did. We have some veggie fat purees that have veggies and olive oil. Uh, and those taste pretty good and are introduce veggie, savory veggie flavors. And they're a good little side dish or a snack. Uh, but our initial line was, was the meat line. And that's really what stood out and what justified a, a higher price point. Because you compare the price of a steak to the price of a grass-fed steak to the price of applesauce, you know, you, you know you're going to pay more. So the fact that it was only double was like, oh, cool, this is still reasonable, you know, $3.99 for a complete meal versus $1.99 for a sugar snack. People got that, especially, uh, you know, we started in the natural channel, which was a great place to start because they're more uh, tolerant of higher price points. They understand meat sourcing a little more, but they're also a little more meat averse. Like the mainstream, they don't have any problem with meat. So Natural Channel, Epic was the first major brand to even have meat as a focus in the natural food space. So they paved the way for, for meat and well-sourced meat, and we picked up on that trend with the, with baby uh, and it really worked people really you know um, asked us a lot like when can babies have meat that's one of the most common questions like when can I feed these to our product like as soon as they can eat food they can eat meat you know but we get asked that less and less now more and more people are understanding the USDA released a whole new infant feeding guidelines that emphasize the importance of meat animal products fat how emphasize the the, the importance of limiting sugar um, you know and uh, how much sugar kids have a day? The average toddler has has eight teaspoons of added sugar a day. So that's straight up cane sugar. Doesn't even include the fruit purees, uh, you know. And that's average toddler eight 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 teaspoons a day. It might even be tablespoons. I'm not very good with the numbers. It's a it's a lot though. Way more. It's too much, right? <laughs> Way too much. And a lot of that is from all the packaged snacks. You know, you move on from these baby food purees into bars and melties and puffs all of which have either added sugar or fruit sugar and adds up really quick and that's just on the baby aisle you get into the rest of the food store and you've got oreos and uh you know all these all these real you know gummy snacks and fruit juices uh all these for you know these milks that are sweetened um all of which we're working on making we're making products for all ages of children that's our long-term plan to change children's food starting with baby so we have our our puff product our grain-free puff that is free from grains has, you know, it's made from vegetables. It's got olive oil. It's got dehydrated bone broth. Uh, we have a, a formula product now that is the closest thing to breast milk of anything ever created. Credible amount of science it's, that uses regeneratively farmed uh, A2 milk from Alexander Family Farm, which was the the first farm in America to be certified regenerative by Savory. They were the, the pioneers. <laughs> they're incredible people. We went out there. We, you know, we've met with them. They're amazing. So their milk was so nutritious. We didn't even have to add as, as much vitamins as most other formulas. You know, we didn't have to fortify it because the, the naturally occurring milk and we use actually the whole milk, which most formulas are non-fat milk. They take the fat out and replace it with industrial seed oil, which makes me so mad. You know, so we left the whole milk in and then we have eight different fat sources, none of which are industrial seed oils. So we really created this elaborate fatty acid profile to come close to mimicking breast milk. It still doesn't get it all the way there because breast milk is so magical, uh, but it's, but it's much better than anything else. Yeah. And so hard to recreate what nature made perfectly, but that's the whole point of regenerative. We're, we're trying to yes. at least get back to that. <laughs> yeah. A little side road, I'll take us down. So you, you mentioned that you're definitely doing heavy metal testing and the packaging. So of course, like plastics leach into foods. Like, tell me a little bit about that quest of just packaging in itself. Yeah. 
putting a clean packaging on clean food. <laughs> yeah, initially we weren't thrilled about the pouch format. It's not recyclable in traditional recycling, right? You can't just put it in your blue bin. Um, you know, it is made of plastic. And so it mostly ends up in landfills. And the alternative was these glass jars, which are recyclable or reusable for, you know, paint cups or whatever. But glass jar sales were tiny, like 10% of baby food is sold in jars. The pouch format had taken over the baby food aisle. So at first we were like, well, we got to put in pouches because that's what people want. That's what they expect. And we want to get this food to babies. That's the first, the first priority. But then as we started learning more, we found out how much lower carbon footprint pouches have over jars. So first of all, one out of four recyclable items is actually recycled in this country. Most people throw recyclable items in the landfill. So these jars are not, they're still ending up in landfills and they take up way more space in the landfill than the pouches because they're flat. Plus you're moving them around a lot. You're transporting both filled and empty. So you can fit a million pouches on one truck which takes 25 trucks for a million jars. So it's a one to 25 ratio of space uh, that from pouches to jars, which when you think of landfill space or when you think of how much fuel that uses, um, you know, so there's a overall low, much lower carbon footprint for the pouches than the jars. Uh, and uh, they um, are our pouch manufacturer is solar powered. So they're building them with solar power, they're selling power back to the grid. So they're creating more energy than they use. Um, so there's even less far carbon footprint there. Um, and then we partner with TerraCycle, who it's a, that's a mail-in program. You can for free mail your pouches into TerraCycle. They grind them up and make flower pots and composite plastic materials. Uh, so it's, you know, most other plastic is shipped overseas and burned. Like when you recycle plastic, it's usually, it's never made into other plastic. It's either ground up into composite like TerraCycle does or it's burned for, for energy, which is hard to argue that that's very responsible. So, you know, anybody who knows a lot about recycling knows that plastic recycling is kind of a misnomer anyway. So we're actually, what gets mailed to TerraCycle is always, always made into other stuff that's then used um, in a permanent way, park benches and playgrounds and so forth. Um, and then we use have the regenerative meat that goes into it. So, you know, we, it's very hard to measure one's carbon footprint and someday we'd love to start really tracking that and commit to a carbon neutral uh, company approach it's a little too complicated for us at this stage but we're doing everything we can at every level um, and then from the the leaching standpoint uh, you know we we just test very thoroughly for that you know the it's actually um, uh, a foil lining on the inside so uh, you know so it doesn't touch as much plastic uh as as some plastic foods do but we just test for the plasticizers they're easy to test for you can tell if they're there or not clean label project tests for them very thoroughly and has de determined that our product are is, is safe that it doesn't it doesn't leach um in the beginning or over time i love it you guys just there there are so many levels and every one not only did you do your research like you did your research and then like invented the other solution that wasn't there recycling yeah. doesn't really have a solution recycling is the next best thing so yeah. I just, I love that you guys, I, I feel like your marketing department is probably busy all the time trying to figure so out much. every single thing. All the stories to tell. It's one of the hardest things because it's like, we can't just be one thing, you know, like we have to tell this huge story, but, but in the end it works because moms have such intense intuition, you know, like the having your baby and it grows the the mental the 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 intuition side of a woman's brain also grows their fear center so women undergo this incredible biological shift after after having a baby where they're more afraid but more intuitive at the same time so we really are feel like we're able to really sell very well to her because she can 
feel like all her fears are answered if she does any kind of research on us. She can see that we're doing the right thing and she can just feel that it's right, that we do everything right. She can pick it up and just know we do everything right and, and we're feeding this to our baby. I love it. Oh, and I, I feel like you guys should just be like, if there was the Parents of the Year Awards, clearly you guys, because not only was there a baby food product not available, you're like, well, I'm going to spend all my time making sure there is one available before I even bring the child into the world. So <laughs> let's say like you guys get 100% on the committed parenting scale. Uh, <laughs> I think our daughter would totally give us Parents of the Year Award. So I'm, that's what matters. We're all most. voting for that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Amazing. Well, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but just kind of what does the future hold for you guys, you know, expanding the line where I, you've done it all. What's next? <laughs> yeah, the long term vision is to be a leading children's food company. You know, we want to be the, a leading uh, natural children's food company with foods in all parts of the store for all stages of child's life, meals, snacks, drinks, all with our same principles of nutrient density great taste and convenience. So we'll focus on convenient packaged foods that are easy to prepare, uh, that are genuinely nutritious, balanced macronutrient profiles, is animal products as much as possible, regenerative sourcing as much as possible, but that genuinely taste good, that kids really like and want to eat more. I, we call that the serenity trinity of nutrition, taste, and convenience, that when we nail those three, uh, you know, we can really make the biggest impact because parents need packaged foods. There's no world where there's no packaged foods for kids. And so we, you know, really, obviously, fresh-made foods are always best. We're not a replacement for fresh-made foods, but we can really help in this packaged food space to not have to compromise and give your kids loads of sugar or grain or inflammatory food. In the short run, we're, there's a lot more baby products to make. Uh, we want to have products in every segment of the baby aisle. So we currently have all kinds of different pouches, veggies, meats, uh, but we have bone, a bone broth line that has bone broth and meat and veggies together. So pouches for really all ages that the, the flavors really age up well so that uh, like our four-year-old still eating lots of them. You know, we think that elementary school kids could eat purees and pouches. Why not? You know, like if they taste good and they're nutritious, like let's see, their they're go-go squeeze is marketing to grade school kids with fruit pouches. Why can't we sell them meat and veggie pouches, right? So we're always trying to like age up that story and looking at more pouch innovation that makes it even easier. So we've got some coming out next year that are even designed for more older kids. Uh, we have our, our grain-free puffs, which is a great salty snack for really all ages. A lot of adults eat it, but older kids can eat it. It's just a, you know, hand to mouth salty snack that is um, actually, you know, it's not that salty, but it's like not, it's savory snack, I guess, um, but actually has nutrition. And then the formula so we can get them started earlier but there's a lot of other segments on the baby aisle so we're looking at uh, all those in, in development for other other products so next year you'll see some some new pouches and some new formats come out i love it i i love it on every single level well i appreciate <laughs> it so much joe i appreciate your commitment to just doing everything better at every single level from your child to the industry i can't tell you how much it's just amazing to have your company in existence so i appreciate well, it so much <laughs> well we appreciate your support and everybody telling the story about regenerative is really important right now you're farming also right so you're living it yep. and popularizing it it's hard to do both of those things so well, from the from the farmer the consumer and everybody it takes us all to be in this together and we all need to be yes. here and this, this collaboration is amazing yeah. <laughs> only got one planet yep we're doing the best we can right <laughs> yep. fighting for our survival i mean it's the survival of the species we're talking about here so it's it's very heavy but also very exciting i love it you guys are clearly 
setting a standard that we all can fight to. Like if there's nowhere we're going, like we know we want to do better, but you guys have already set up that system and we have things we can all work towards and follow in your footsteps. <laughs> yeah, thanks. We, we, we hope to be a model for other companies to say like, hey, you're small, you're a startup, you think that you can't change your sourcing, you absolutely can. Just do it from the beginning. People will pay more and it's, it's worth the effort and to feel good every day about what you do and, and, and ultimately better for business. I love it. Well, everybody listening, definitely go check out Serenity Kids. Keep an eye on them. Even if you don't have kids, this is clearly somebody who's changing all industries and you can follow what they're doing. It's amazing. Yeah. Thanks so much.